Well, Rob Faye back with a little more on point. Am I allowed to say that? I know Ben O'Hara Byrne has a little more conversation. I don't know if that show allows me to get away with that or not. But, uh, you know, I will say this. The homelessness thing strikes really near and dear to my heart. I'll tell you about that before the show is done. But uh, Evan Sambasavan is a candidate for city councillor in Ward 8. That is the Eglinton-Lawrence area. Uh, Evan, good evening. How are you tonight? Really good. Really excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, I guess right now you're getting down to the nitty gritty. So thank you for making time for me. I want to talk and we're going to get right into one of these things that I would assume is a pretty big part of the campaign is dealing with homelessness here in our fine city. Your thoughts and what can we do to kind of push this on the tracks and make it a focal point? Yeah, frankly, it's the reason I entered the race. Uh, in November 2020, I lost one of my oldest friends to complications of chronic homelessness and mental health. Uh, I had known him since kindergarten. I went to elementary school, middle school, uh, high school with him. It, it really, really caught me off guard, and, and it, it flipped my life upside down. I, I was already working in the mental health sector, so to lose someone uh, to a cause that I thought I was already uh, devoting my career to, uh, that really hurt. So. I took it upon myself to do what I could to reduce and hopefully end chronic homelessness in the city of Toronto. And the way we do that is with investing in supportive housing. Uh, supportive housing is the idea that uh, when people are experiencing chronic homelessness, which is homelessness for six months or more, uh, they need a different set of services than, than just the temporary shelters that you go to for a night or two when you're seeking refuge. So uh, it's a door you can lock. It's somewhere you can receive mail, uh, mental health support, career support addiction support, uh, basically removing the barriers that prevent you from getting your life back on track. Uh, cities around the world have successfully implemented it. Vienna, Helsinki, uh, Columbus, Salt Lake City, Medicine Hat in Canada most recently. So it's not a pipe dream. It's actually the most efficient use of taxpayer dollars. It's cheaper to provide supportive housing than it is to have people end up in hospital beds, as you were talking in your last segment, end up in jail cells. Um, it, it's just the it's the smartest approach, and we need someone to champion it at City Hall. Well, I can tell you're well-spoken. I can tell you're well-versed. But if I could take you right back to the beginning, I'd like to learn a little bit more about your friend, if that's okay. I'd like to hear through your eyes some of the challenges that he faced, some of the things that you got to witness, and just maybe put a face or even just a voice to the struggles that they face in real time. Yeah, so... Uh, I'd known him since since kindergarten, uh, essentially my, my oldest friend, um, an incredible individual. He was talented. He was charming. He, he lit up a room, uh, and he faced some struggles at school. And, you know, at the time, you don't really think much of it. You're a kid. You're all going through school together, and you don't, you don't always pick up on every little challenge. Um, but but I, was, I considered him one of my my closest friends as we grew up. Uh, when I went away to university, we lost touch a little bit. Uh, and I can't speak too much for every struggle he went through, but it was around young adulthood when some of the more um, challenging uh, experiences he faced started to happen. Mm. Uh, he went through uh, different shelters. There were some really, really good ones. Uh, Horizons for Youth is actually just outside my ward, and they worked with him. Uh, they had a very compassionate approach, and uh, 
they've done a lot of good work. I know he had good experiences there, but they couldn't they couldn't keep him just because of capacity and, and COVID really made it hard for shelters to keep as many as many youth as they wanted to just to avoid an outbreak. And then there were some shelters that while they're doing good work, they're not equipped to handle complex patients and they're not they're not equipped to handle people for for more than a couple of nights at a time. People that need need longer term, more supportive care. Uh, shelters are not the right place for them. We we really need a different system in Toronto. Toronto failed my friend. So yeah, when he passed, it was it was a shock. It was a shock to me. It was a shock to a lot of people because we shouldn't be using losing young people before their time. Well, I appreciate you being open with your friend's story. And I think the reason I asked you that was I want people that are listening today not to just stigmatize what homelessness looks like. I, I've been saying this for a while now, that the realities are the the way that homelessness looks now as a way that it did maybe even seven years ago when you first started in the, in the mental health space, it's changed because there's a lot of people out there that all of a sudden are finding themselves in situations that they could have never fathomed. So there's real people out there that are really struggling. And I think that's a big piece of your platform is making sure that we can A, shine light on this, but B, get them the help that they need. 100%. Uh it's an issue of compassion just for, for people in our city that are going through incredibly tough times. We use the word unprecedented for COVID. And I think you mentioned even uh, leaders using it as an excuse for things not happening. But mm. at the end of the day, the people that are the hurt the most by COVID are the people on the ground, uh, whether it's people that lost their jobs in the service industry that was shut down, uh, people that saw their rent increase uh, in the last couple of years, uh, people that were accessing basic services like shelters that uh, suddenly had to cut their capacity and had nowhere to go. So, uh, yeah, understanding that the situation on the ground right now, uh, that on top of inflation has completely changed the game. Uh, and we're in a crisis. And it's not just a, a crisis of compassion. It's a crisis in economic terms as well. Uh, yeah, just when we have large swaths of people like, both in the working class, the middle class, and struggling individuals that uh, can't see a future, both in the short term and the long term in the city, uh, that's a recipe for failure. Mm. Evan Sambasavan is a candidate for city councillor in Ward 8. I'd like to get to know you a little bit, just because I know there's a lot of faces out there. There's a lot of signs out there. There's a lot of talking, and Election Day is Monday. So it's your space. It's your forum right now. Tell everybody a little bit about you, more than just why you're running, but why you're passionate about what it is you're doing. Yeah, so I've been in the social sector for seven years, you mentioned, as an advocate for mental health and as a consultant as well. I most recently worked with an organization called Capitalize for Kids. Uh, they help youth mental health agencies reduce wait times, reduce the burden on staff, and improve quality of care with the resources they have. Uh, I loved that job, and if I hadn't lost my friend, I think I would still be there. Uh, really incredible organization. I graduated from Queen's University in applied economics and business with a focus in public economics, so it really was a good combination of a degree I had and a field I was passionate about. Ultimately, on city council, uh, I want to bring a voice of reason. Uh, we're, we're in a crisis, and we're in a crisis because the same voices have kicked the hand down the road a little bit, whether it's about deteriorating social services or city services or the billion-dollar budget we're, uh, shortfall we're facing, uh, the lack of completion on the LRT, 
good governance has gone completely to the wayside. Uh, we need voices that have been on the ground that that understand the anxiety that the city is facing. Uh, as a young person, I'm worried about my ability to pay rent in Toronto. And that's unique because if you look at city council right now, uh, it's all wealthy individuals who own homes and aren't really worried about the housing crisis. We really need to shake it up and get some voices on there that have the same priorities as the city. All right. And the real question that has been working its way through our newsroom today and even onto the show, poker, sport or not a sport? Uh, if you're not sweating, it's not a sport. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the best answer I've had. Very, You know what? Great way to finish up. I was like, God, I'm going to throw him a curveball. I hope he's good with this. Evan, you hit it out of the ballpark. Thank you for making time for me tonight, and I wish you uh, all the successes and good luck on Monday. Thank you. Take care. Well, <laughs> well played. Evan Sambasavan is a candidate for uh, city councillor in Ward 8. Eglinton Lawrence, I don't live in that jurisdiction, but he might have just gotten my vote on that one alone. Uh, he brings up some great points. You know, it's been a really enlightening hour for me personally, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but just hearing solutions. That's really important in this. I mean, in news, it's all about bringing you all the crazy stuff that's happening in the world. But I mean, I just think we've gotten a lot out of this hour. And one thing that kind of rings true, and I really appreciate Evan for touching on it, but not burying the government. He says, I, I don't feel, and again, this is not a paid endorsement for anybody. I, I don't really have a say in this, but I like people that come to the table with solutions. I'm not a big fan of finger pointing and this guy didn't do this and this guy didn't do that. And yada, yada, yada. Bring me your solutions to the problems and I will always have an ear for your conversation. And I really thought that that was a, a well-conducted interview. I thought he handled himself very well. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you're in Eglinton Lawrence, uh, you got some decisions to make because there's a young guy that's got uh, some passion behind what he's saying.